Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today we're going to be talking and, and answering the question, why do kids stop reading and what can be done about it? Now, this was something that I learned recently uh, when I went to the Book Expo America in New York um, at the beginning of June. And uh, there were, I went to one of the uh, lectures where they were talking about this very topic. They did a graph. Some um, this this person who um, was involved with a company that did a research study of ki- when kids st- stop reading, and it showed it was like amazing. Um, it showed that when kids are very young, like even preschool, you know, parents. Um, we're, are reading to the children, reading bedtime stories, reading all kinds of, uh, at all times of day, um, and getting them really involved in books. And then, and, and even in, in uh, elementary school, um, they're, they read a lot of books. And then gradually, uh, starting in around middle school, the numbers of kids who were still avid readers dropped off. With each year, <laughs> it just kept dropping off more. And that's really, uh, you know, there were other kinds of different parameters and so on that, uh, um, like what things would be, would be more likely, which kids would be more likely to continue or to stop and so on. But it, as a general rule, the older children got, the less they read. And this just, you know, this is a very worrisome um, statistic because certainly we want uh, children to continue to read, to continue to learn beyond their, you know, just the textbooks that they have to read for school, and, and to, of course, as adults, to become avid or to stay as avid readers as well. So that question has bugged me <laughs> since, since uh, hearing this talk. And um, my guest today, if anyone knows the answer to this, <laughs> it's my guest today. And her name is Linda Ratke. She's the president of Story Monsters. She's also the publisher of Story Monsters, Inc., and that's I-N-K. She was formerly a K-12 through special ed teacher and an instructor at Arizona State University. She has more than 30 years in the publishing industry, She's won a ton of awards, um, including uh, the uh, book publicist of Southern California. She was named the Book Marketer of the Year. And she's an award-winning publisher of more than 100 books so, and, and an author herself of, I think it was, uh, let's see, it depends on which, which article I'm reading about you, Linda, but it was something like 15 or something in there. You can tell us all about it. And so... so um, <laughs> Yes, go ahead. Uh, first off, Dr. Lieberman, it's so nice to meet you, and thank you for inviting me to your show. I really understand where you're coming from, and you're asking and bringing up all the right questions. The question, you know, how do we get kids of all ages back to reading? I guess it kind of all goes back to the parents and introducing a love of reading, maybe even before they're born, <laughs> and, then as, and then reading and reading, but finding edutaining things for them to read. And the beauty of Story Monsters, Inc. magazine is that the books that we're reviewing for children of all ages, they're edutaining, they're appropriate, and they're giving guidance to teachers, to librarians, to parents, and even to kids. Because even in our magazine, you'll find articles written by our young readers and writers. We'll find stories written by them because parents have submitted their work. And again, encouraging writing, encouraging reading, and We also have a program called Story Monsters Approved. And Story 
Monsters Approved is when an author or a publisher of a book for children submits it to a panel of kids and an educator. Each book is judged on its own merit, and if it earns enough points, it becomes Story Monsters Approved. And that's that's kind of like giving I like that. That's an interesting Story Monsters Seal of Approval. (laughs) That's an interesting way of doing it, not just having adults reading the books, but having kids reading them. Yes. So how do you pick the kids who get to be on this panel? You know, we search for children throughout the country, and a lot of times a teacher, a librarian, or a parent will discover the opportunity, and they'll work with our editor-in-chief. They'll, they will submit books to them that become Story Monsters, hopefully approved, and it's just, it, it's wonderful because no, but, that's another way of getting kids involved. We have young judges who, do, who did not like to read. But when they were approached by their parent or teacher or librarian to become a judge for Story Monsters Approved, their whole passion for reading, it yes. turned into a passion for reading. Yes, yes. Well, what are some of the reasons that you have come across? I mean, you know, uh, as a publisher, certainly you want to know what kids are going to like, what they're going to read, you know, how you can sell them books. Um, So what what kinds of conclusions or hypotheses have you come to as far as why kids uh, read less as they get older? I think because they're losing an interest of what's being written about. And if you find something that they can relate to, that's involved in their world, and maybe it's about bullying, maybe it's about their, they have a fear of certain things. And if you can write a solution to the challenges in their life, and if you could do it in an, an edutaining way, dynamic illustrations, make sure you're working with an editor that's in line with what's geared for the audience that you're writing for. I think that sometimes there are certain authors have great ideas and they want their book to be for everyone and they want it to be fully illustrated and they have 2,500 words and they want it for children from K through 8. Well, guess what? You're going to lose your audience on both levels because the book that is fully illustrated is usually geared for the younger reader. The book that is geared to the younger reader, you want to have somewhere between 600 and 1,000 words and not 2,500 words. So it's learning those type of things to get uh-huh. you going in the right direction. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, let's, um, before we get into this more, I, I want to start out, you have a very interesting story, um, because you didn't grow up thinking to yourself that you were going to be a publisher, correct? So, uh, or an author, for that matter. Yes. So, t- so take us back to, you know, you wanted to be, and you were, uh, for a number of years, a teacher, a special education teacher. So t- take us back to that and, and how you uh, got away from that and into publishing. Absolutely. Um, I attended Arizona State University. I have a degree in, L- in special education, EMH and LD, K through 12. And when I graduated from ASU, I was approached by one of my professors that they, were, they received a grant on a federally funded project at a local high school to help mainstream high school students into special education. And I applied for the job. I worked on the federally funded project at ASU, and that was fantastic. From there, I went into teaching at both the high school level and grade school. And then as I was approaching um, a few years in education, I had thought about starting, believe it or not, a household employment agency. And I have always kind of been a pioneer in whatever I've pursued. And so this is when the nanny agency was just getting started. I started an agency where I placed and screened nannies, maids, housekeepers, live-in couples, and more. After now, all, that's quite, now that's quite a, a, a departure. I mean, did it, did, were, you, were you getting burnt out with um, special ed kids, or did you have a problem yourself in finding a housekeeper? Like, how did that I did not. Come? You know, I just developed this idea that I thought that people needed help finding health, household help. 
And so I started it on a very small scale where somebody needed to find a sitter. Then I had somebody call me and says, I need a live-in couple. Can you help me, Linda? And I thought, sure I can. (laughs) So I thought the same tools I was using to find a sitter, I could develop to use to find any type of household help. So I did that for five years. And during that time, I I helped a lot of people, but a lot of people couldn't afford to use my agency. But I felt bad because I knew they still needed help. So I thought, what can I do to help them? So what I did was I developed a domestic screening kit. And I also wrote a book called Nannies, Maids, and More, The Complete Guide for Hiring Household Help. And what I did was I provided a solution through a publication. I gave them guidance on how to find, how to hire, and how to keep household help. I I went through my five years of screening over 5,000 candidates, placing over 1,000, what worked and what didn't work. And in the process of doing that book, I received a tremendous amount of publicity. One of the reporters says, Linda, I'm not sure why you would want to give away your secrets for hiring household Mm. help, Mm. because then they're not going to hire you. I says, actually, it's quite the opposite. They're going to know what a thorough job we do. It's not easy, and at some point, they're going to be frustrated of hiring on their own, and they're going to count on us, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, my husband said, you really liked publishing that book and marketing it. If you can sell your agency, would you, and pursue publishing? I looked at him. I said yes, and that was back like in 19, the early 1980s. And when I say the rest is history, I started doing my own books. And I thought, you know what? I had a hard time hiring someone to help me market and promote it because back then the publicists were painfully honest. And they said, Linda, we'd love to help you, but we do not know about marketing a book. So through trial and a few errors along the way, I found what worked and didn't work. And I thought, you know, maybe there are other authors out there back in the early 80s, experiencing the same thing. And here we go. I'm starting to help people with self-publishing. I'm helping publishers. I'm helping business owners do their books. And one thing kept growing. One person wanted me to do a flyer. One wanted me to have their book edited. Mm -hmm. And so as the demands increased, my team started to grow and grow. It went from needing an editor to a proofreader, to a graphic designer, someone to do media kits, someone to do websites. And now I think what makes us who we are is the phenomenal team that surrounds me. Well, that's, that's and, you know, and I, I just want to highlight the fact that this was starting, yeah, you said, in the 1980s. Yes. Um, before... I mean, self-publishing really wasn't a thing in the 1980s. It's the, you were way ahead of your time. <laughs> yes. And it was funny because a lot of reporters who interviewed me about my book, they, they didn't realize, because I did it professionally, they didn't realize it was self-published. And in the uh-huh. process, one reporter who is very well-known and respected said to me during the interview, I will never interview an author who has self-published their book. Uh-huh. And I just kind of sat back and grinned. And, <laughs> and what I have found is, unfortunately, self-publishing had, and sometimes still has, a bad rap, because sometimes it, it appears painful is so easy, but doing it right is not easy. Well, you know, you know, there's an interesting, this whole thing about self-publishing, um, I've written four books. My, my latest one is going to be coming out uh, for September 11th um, because it's about terrorism. It's, it's, a ter- it's the first book for kids about terrorism. It's called Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, wow. How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. And it's for parents and teachers to share with kids. So the first half of the book like a regular adult book, you know, yes. and the second half is a children's um, picture book. Okay. And, and like, what is a terrorist? It's a kind of a gentle introduction to terrorism. And so I've been very, you know, in the first, my first three books were through traditional publishers, and this is a hybrid book. Um, you know, I ha- it's, a, it's a publisher, 
and uh, it's not self-published, but, um, but you know, there's, there is this stigma about, you know, I, and I'm very quick to tell people, no, <laughs> it's not self-published, because there is still that stigma. But it's really interesting, because what I've noticed as I've been studying this whole thing is that there are some people on the top who, um, who have decided to self-publish because they have been sick of, um, of being screwed by, by traditional publishers. And then there are people who are really, you know, their books really aren't that good. And they wouldn't have been able to get a, self, a publisher, a traditional publisher. And, you know, that, I mean, that's part of the problem, that there's such a, a diversity, such a um, dichotomy between the books that are, that are good and that happen to be self-published and the books that really are bad and shouldn't have been published by anybody, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. So what do you think about all that? Well, I think that what you're saying, well, first off, congratulations on your new book that's coming out. We're going to want you to send a copy of it to our editor-in-chief at Story Monsters, Inc. That's number one. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I would like to comment on going from a traditional publisher to maybe partnership publishing or self-publishing. You need to be just as cautious about selecting any partner in publishing as a traditional publisher. I think one of the main reasons or perks in doing a book on your own has to deal with timing, control, and hopefully maintaining quality. When a person is normally looking for a publisher, they're working or looking for a literary agent to represent them because most traditional publishers want to work with a respected literary agent. And I emphasize respected because you need to be just as cautious about the literary agent that you select. Check references. Check with the Better Business Bureau. Ask who do you represent, what publishers, how many contracts, and then how long are you going, what type of exclusivity are you going to give them? Because the truth is, is if you're giving them at least a year, you're taking your book out of circulation for Uh a year. The other thing you have to consider when you're working with a traditional publisher, it could be two or three years before your book is in the hands of the public, and that's something to consider as well. Yes, 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 absolutely. Well, we need to take a break. Um, I don't know if you can hear the music, but that's, that's what that uh, is supposed to let us know. My guest is Linda Radke. She's the president of Story Monsters. The, uh, she's also the uh, publisher of Story Monsters, Inc., the magazine, and we're talking today about why the kids stop reading and what can be done about it. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Don't write yourself 
And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Linda Radke. She's the president of Story Monsters. She is also um, the uh, publisher of Story Monsters, Inc., a magazine. Um, she's also a publisher of, 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 what did we, of hundreds, uh, yes, more than 100 books of other people's books as well as her own, um, and, and a, a multiple award winner, um, both as an author and as a publisher and as a marketer. And um, one thing I wanted to talk about, I'll be giving out the, well, the, the website uh, for Story Monsters is storymonsters.com. And if you go to that um, without tuning us out, <laughs> storymonsters.com, you will see an adorable uh, mascot. And it says, get caught reading with Story Monster. And it's hashtag, get hashtag caught reading with Story Monster. So tell us about that. Where did this, it's adorable, where did this, Come up, come from where? Where be, in your mind did this? <laughs> I would be happy from? to tell you about the birth of Story Monster. <laughs> when I was helping publish books for many years with a lot of our children's books, we would I would have a perf- performance professional performance puppet created. Example: I published a book called Rattlesnake Rules. We had a puppet that looks like a snake, this big mama snake. And when we would have the author like at Costco and at book festivals, different events, it's, you know, when you talk about getting children drawn back into wanting to read, they see these incredible puppets, they relate to them, they have fun with them, and all of a sudden they find themselves reading our books, interacting with the puppets. And we've had all different types from frogs, uh, you name it, and we probably have done a puppet for it for different books we're doing. We're just a new one would be uh, a tortoise. But what I was starting to think, we have all these custom puppets for specific books, and we can see how much the children of all ages, and I say all ages, from newborns to 90-plus are relating to our puppets. I'm thinking, I want a general puppet that regardless of the book is going to encourage kids to want to read. Uh And so I thought about doing a Story Monster puppet, not just for books produced by Story Monsters Press, but just a, 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 a puppet for all. And so when we created the Story Monster puppet, and one of my authors, Conrad Storad, when he would do, he did a lot of school visits. As a matter of fact, last year I was with him when he did his visit to his one million student. And, mm. of course, we had the Story Monster puppet. So then I started thinking, it was amazing how everyone was embracing the Story Monster puppet. So then was the, the development of getting book Story Monsters approved, and then I created the Story Monsters Plus Reading Buddies, because for kids of all ages, they love reading to their Story Monster Plus Reading Buddy, and then, you know, having been a publisher and giving guidance for book production and marketing for going on 32 years, I always had a dream to do a magazine, but... You don't want to do a magazine just to do a magazine. Once again, there has to be that idea and that market. And I saw how Story Monster was embraced. I said, okay, Story Monsters, Inc., I-N-K. But I don't want to take full credit because with every great idea, you need a phenomenal team behind you. From my editor, my editor-in-chief, Christy Bertini, to uh, the, the gentleman, Jeff Yesh, who helped create our character and who designs the magazine to our proofreaders and editors and to, for example, the website. Patty Crane devotes her time to our website. That's an art in and of itself. So basically, you know, this whole team was created around Story Monster. And I said, okay, now let's do the Story Monster costume character. And it's just amazing the life he brings to kids of all ages and the love for reading. And, and I'll give you a few examples. We were invited to the Children's Museum of Phoenix along with Christy Yamaguchi, Larry Fitzgerald, and others, and our author, Conrad Storad, and Story Monster. There were over a 1,000 Title I kindergarten students there. Wow. 
And everyone, again, I'm going to emphasize this, of all ages, either A, wanted to get a hug from Story Monster. Now, did you have, wait, now, so this was, in that case, you have a person in a, in a Story Monster costume? Well, that's just a secret between the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, when you were saying mask up, because I'm looking at this picture, it looks like, um, like like a little frog or like, um, I mean, it's a monster, I guess, but like it's a, it's a monster with four eyes and he's green and he's <laughs> holding a book and it's, it's a story monster and he's got teeth, but he looks, he, he's not scary. Uh, he's got polka dots. Yeah, he's, he's not scary. He's, he's smiling. So he's a very <laughs> inviting character. Uh, even though he's called a monster, it's like a friendly monster. Yes. So, um, so, so yeah. So it's it's I, I so it's it's alive. <laughs> it's alive, and it's, it's also a picture. Okay, I get it. And if and you what go, what? Excuse me. If you go to like Facebook.com/slash/StoryMonsters, you'll see pictures of our Story Monster mascot, who was recently featured at the Payson Book Festival as an example. Okay. Okay, no, it's funny. I didn't see, okay, I was doing all this Googling about you and Story Monster. I didn't see that. Okay, so, so yes, uh, and yes, and that is an incredible marketing tool. Thank um, you. I know that because my mother wrote a children's book. You may have heard of it, actually. It's called Archibald Swiss Cheese Mountain. Okay. Archibald is a little mouse. Aww. and. And uh, it's a story, Archibald is a little mouse with a big heart who helps kids reach their big dreams. Aww. And um, it really, you know, it was her dream as uh, to one day be an author and to do book signings in Barnes & Noble. And she wrote this uh, book when she was in a class, in this, we're from New York originally, and she took a class in college writing, for, writing children's books. And she wrote this, and the teacher told her, um, wrote, wrote on her paper, uh, on her manuscript, this is publishable material. And she gave it back, and she gave her a list of publishers. And just then, my mother's father died. And so she put this in a, in a draw, and she never did anything with it. And then I had uh, a child and a daughter, and um, I started reading this book to her and got the idea of, uh, that this should be published, you know, this should, and and through a, it, it, we found a publisher who published her book. It's done really well, um, and and she at at a uh, as a woman of a certain age, <laughs> she finally the first book signing that she was sent to do was Barnes and Noble. I and love so it. She she was like the embodiment of you know never give up on your dreams. I mean that's what Archibald, who's going after the Swiss cheese, that's his. Um, he goes through all kinds of troubles and so on, and he keeps going, keeps going until he gets to the Swiss cheese mountain. And so it's kind of her story. It turned out to be her story that never give up. And at uh, an age that I will not mention, she, <laughs> she there she was. Um, with her book coming to fruition and doing doing book signings at book festivals and Barnes and Noble and everything else. So, so oh, why I told I'm telling you this is because my daughter <laughs> is um, we we be, we got a mascot costume and a real you know professional costume I'm sure like yours is and um, we have we got a T-shirt made that's the T-shirt that Archibald Mouse wears and so when we go to children's book festivals. And she's, per, you know, around and near the table that we're at as Archibald Mouse, this really adorable mouse. The kids, just like what you're saying, they flock um, to her and want hugs. And, of course, then you have to then, <laughs> then it's my turn to go up to the parents who are, you know, the kids are hugging her, the parents are watching, and I go up to the parents and start talking to them about this wonderful book. <laughs> Don't you want to teach your kids to, to go after their dreams? So I'm sure that that's, that's kind of the same thing, I would imagine. You know, it is. And what you're bringing up has a lot to do with marketing and branding. And that if this Archibald Mouse, wherever you go, he's like your shadow. He's there. You talk about a T-shirt. We do a T-shirt to brand, hashtag caught reading. And, of course, we have our StoryMonsters.com website on there. But, like, when we were just at the Payson Book Festival, I practically sold out of our T-shirts. And I said, but the beauty of the shirt 
is it's giving a message to encourage kids of all ages to get hashtag caught reading. Share it on Facebook. Share the message. Encourage reading. Promote literacy. Yes. You know, it, it, I mean, people, it, it's, it's, I think it's more important today than ever because um, with all the complicated things that are going on in our society, I mean, society just seems to be getting ever more complicated politically, um, sexually, just all, in all different ways. And, um, and kids need to be able to get information. And how, how do they, and not just, you know, not just sitting in front of television, how are they going to really dig deep into subjects uh, if they don't read, or even knowing how to read a newspaper? Well, you know, you're right. And if you take the example of the book with the Archibald the Mouse character, it's kind of like a grandparent, a teacher, a parent, or a sibling can have, let's say, the stuffed toy, the stuffed mouse, and say, do you want to read to Archibald with me, or can we read it together? And then they're hugging the mouse, they're hugging the reader, and they're equating reading to love. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know how when you're growing up, you have, like my grandmother would make phenomenal stuffed cabbage or uh, cinnamon pull apart. And every time I have anything like that, it brings me back to love. It brings me back to my grandmother. And that's what you're doing with your stuffed toys and with your books and your children is you're bringing them back to love and love for reading. Yes. Now, of course, one of the things that, one of the things that, um, figure into this statistic of, of fewer kids reading the older they get. Uh, part of it is, and you tell me whether you've seen this, part of it is parents um, losing interest in reading to their kids or maybe, you know, or instead, instead of reading, I, I see this in patients, uh, families who are patients, um, instead of reading to their kids, they put on the television or the kid wants to, to play with video games, and it's just those become an easier babysitter yep. than actually the parents sitting there hugging their child and reading to them. You know, you're right, and something that I want to rate, relate to about Story Monsters, Inc. magazine, for example, we recently had Stan Lee on the cover. He was featured in our magazine, and you know what? If... If their child has an interest in Stan Lee or comic books, guess what? The parent, the guardian, the teacher can sit down and say, would you like to learn about Stan Lee? Mm. And number one, they're reading about one of their heroes. Do you follow me? Yes. Or, Or let's say they're watching a movie, they're at the movie theater, and you know how Stan Lee does those appearances? And you can say, you know what? We read about him in Story Monsters, Inc. magazine. And there's the word read. And all of a sudden, they're relating. Um, We had information. All of the celebrities that we have featured in our magazine have one thing in common. They've all written books? Either A, they've written books for children, or they've been involved in promoting literacy for children. From Uh Henry Winker to Stan Lee to LeVar Burton to Shaquille O'Neal, hmm. uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. And so the amazing thing, and in this current issue, um, Julie Andrews and her daughter. And I think Julie Andrews not only goes back for most of us, but even the younger generation with the new movie, the movies she's been in with. And you know what? They have books for children. They have programs. So what they're seeing is their role models are also becoming their literacy heroes. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That is so important. And so you started this magazine, this aspect of your under the um, rubric of Story Monsters. You have a lot of different <laughs> programs um, under the Story Monsters heading. And um, you started the, the Story Monsters, Inc., it was about three years ago, right? And what it, absolutely, this August, we celebrate our third anniversary for Story Monsters, Inc. Well, congratulations. Now, how did you, what made you, I mean, here you were already a successful pub, well, author and publisher. Um, 
what may I mean? In a way, it seems like a no-brainer that to uh, to encourage reading and to encourage reading of the books that you publish, and school visits and so on. But like, were, weren't you afraid that um, that with this, you know, with all the um, with video games and television and and these other things um, taking distracting kids from reading, were you afraid that? Um, there wasn't going to be enough of a market or an audience for this magazine? You know, I have always been a risk taker. Mm-hmm. And all, I'm all about fulfilling your dreams, and it was one of my dreams. But one of the things you need to really consider, and whether you're the author of a book or the publisher of a magazine, you have to think about marketing. Who's your audience? What do they read? Where do they shop? How am I going to reach them? And something wonderful happened before the very first issue was published. You have to understand, I'm all about marketing. I have this passion, this craze, not only for quality books, but for marketing and marketing materials. When we start in marketing, the magazine, before day one, we had publicists of very famous celebrities or authors knocking on our door, wanting to have their author, their client, their celebrity featured in our magazine. It was just amazing. And it's just, you know, again, not, you know, starting out with something new after all these years. It was just, once again, it has, I think it has everything to do with Story Monster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll continue with that. That's amazing that they were knocking on your door before the first issue. Okay, <laughs> got to hear more about that. Well, stay tuned. We have to take a break. My guest is Linda Radke, president of Story Monsters and uh, publisher of the st- magazine that we're talking about, Story Monsters, Inc. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at one 866 472 5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with a fascinating guest who has really uh, 30 years in publishing as an author, as a publisher of books, and then starting three years ago as a publisher of the magazine Story Monsters, Inc., I-N-K. And I was asking her off the air, about how um, she got all these celebrities to want to be in her magazine um, before there was a magazine. So tell us about that. Absolutely. One of the things I mention, whether you're an author of a book or you have a magazine or you have a newsletter, before you even think about having a book published or self-published or do a magazine, you need to think about who you're trying to reach, 
your audience. What do they read? Where do they shop? What clubs do they belong to? Because then you're going to have a way to reach them with dynamic marketing materials. And because I have this crazy passion not only for publishing quality books, but for marketing them, I wanted to make sure that you know, we were starting to get word out about the magazine. And in the process, we had publicists of very famous celebrities or authors knocking on our door, wanting to have their author or celebrity interviewed in our magazine. We are pitched, the beauty of the magazine is we're just not for traditionally published authors. Whether we have Simon & Schuster publicists knocking on my door or someone who has independently published their book, we embrace all of the above. Of course, there's a criteria, and of course, there's quality. But if they meet that, as long as they meet those qualifications, we embrace them. Another well, thing that's really exciting is there are times where, yes, our editor-in-chief will approach someone who's very well-known, their publicist, as an example. And the thing that amazes me is these people are book-solid. And when they are approached to do a possible interview in our magazine, Story Monsters, Inc., I guess they go on our website, they like what they see, and oftentimes, within an hour of being approached, we get a yes with an exclamation point. Well, that's amazing. And, of course, you made the point to me when we were talking about it off the air that even though there was no magazine yet to look at at the very beginning, there were the 30 years of your uh, publishing history, your being both an author and a publisher of over 100 books. So they look at that, and, you know, obviously those are solid credentials, yes. uh, as well as the website, of course. So... Um, and, you know, thank you for bringing that up because it's the quality that surrounds me. It's the quality that we bring to the public. And you know what? Anything that has my name on it, whether it's Linda F. Radke or whether it's Story Monsters LLC, quality stands behind it. And they were willing, A, to take a chance with me. And I have to share something with you that's something Christy Bertini, my editor-in-chief, said to me. One day, well, on multiple times, I thanked her and my team for believing in me. And Christy said, it's easy to believe in you, Linda, but Linda, you need to believe in yourself. Uh-huh. And you know what? That has stayed with me about believing in yourself. Well, number one, it's not just believing, but then it's, it's striving for quality and excellence along the way. Now, um, I want to ask you one of the things that you uh, offer on your website um, for authors is the school program and for teachers and libraries and all that. Um, you, you bring you, it's like a match, <laughs> a match site for um, <laughs> authors and teachers and, and librarians and, and I guess, you know, other clubs of, with like girl, I, I guess maybe Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts or something, anywhere where there's kids. Um, what, how is that going these days? Like, I mean, you've been in publishing for 30 years, so you can tell changes that have occurred over these 30 years. Um, what, how, are there more teachers asking for authors to come or less? Or how, what, what is, how has that evolved? I think the greatest challenge for a teacher or a librarian they all want inspirational authors to motivate their students. Sometimes they don't have a large budget. Sometimes they get a grant. But we created a bridge between authors and illustrators, teachers, librarians, and folks wanting authors or illustrators to visit their school or event. We have a website called schoolbookings.com, and it partners with Story Monsters, Inc. magazine because the listing on the website is also listed in the Story Monsters, Inc. magazine every month. And it's free to teachers and librarians. Whatever fee they negotiate to bring in an author, that's between the school and the author or illustrator. And the author pays, I think, what's a reasonable fee to be included on our website and in the magazine. Mm -hmm. I'd like to bring up one other thing, please. Yeah, sure. We offer a program called Kids Can Publish. 
And mm-hmm. kids can publish Partners with Story Monsters, Inc. magazine. We really want to get word out for parents, for teachers, to encourage students to write, to draw, to be expressive, whether it's a poem or a short story, and with parent permission, and submitting the proper form along with their writing or drawings to Story Monster. And if it's selected, it is published in the magazine for free in each and every issue. Well, yes, you mean a, a new one, a different one. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same one. <laughs> well, yes, and of course, that's, you know, there's such pride that comes with that. And it, I'm sure you've started a lot of kids on a career of, be, of becoming an author. Yes. I mean, I think that that's wonderful. You know, one of the things that I find really frustrating um, is that if you go into a bookstore and you look at some of the kids' books that have been published even by traditional, you know, very well-known publishers, and they are such stupid stories. I mean, (laughs) about body... (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. About, oh... Uh, body excretions and and I mean I know yes there's a as a psychiatrist I know that kids go through the phase of, of like two years old you know when they get potty trained and so on that they're interested in that stuff but I mean really um, I know some of, the, you know, some of these books are, or even when it's not about that kind of subject but still just some of them are such inane stories. And it's so frustrating to see that this is what's out there. And, and I'm sure it discourages some kids from reading other books, from taking a chance on other books. You know, you're right. And that's why it's so important. You know, whether it's Story Monsters, Inc. Magazine, or other publications or other associations that encourage and guide parents, teachers, educators, librarians to the, to the great books that are truly available and to encourage not only the love of reading, but like you have mentioned, to reading about something that's really appropriate. Yes, I mean, uh, do you people have, (laughs) I could just imagine your team sitting around the office and (laughs) laughing about, well, you're probably probably also uh, frustrated with some of these things, but laughing about some of the ridiculous things that make it into kids' books. Well, you know, nothing ever surprises us, I will tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, you know, on the one hand, it's nice kids, you know, if if kids find it entertaining or if it's going to make them read, um, then there's some value in that. But on the other hand, it's, it's books that have... I'm sure this is what you look for and what your kids, like what you were talking about earlier, the kids on the panel and, and reading the books and so on. Um, it's not just about being entertaining, but uh, you said edutainment, education and entertainment, things that have a moral or a message or teach about something important. You know, this is what, um, I mean, you can certainly have that and still be entertaining. Yes, Absolutely. And I think the thing with Story Monsters, Inc., and that kids can publish, we give children a chance to be part of the process of publishing and to build that love and to start that bridge when they're young. Yes, and that, yes, that's so important. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, and I'm sure as a, as a former special ed teacher, um, you know how important it is to even for kids with special ed yes. uh, issues that how important it is to get them involved, teach them how to read as well. And you know, I, I mean, it makes me sad to think of how how ki- so many classes, public school classrooms, are so overcrowded. And kids, I mean, that's one of the big problems for why kids don't continue to read or try to read, because they don't really get enough training in how to read, especially if their parents don't do it. Well, you know, something that you mentioned and when you bring up special education, I try to bring out what each child has to contribute. Maybe their strength is not in reading. And maybe it's not in writing, but maybe they're great with drawing a picture and telling a story with pictures. And maybe there's another student that will write the words. Yes, yes. And that way what you're saying is, you know what, we each have something of value to bring to the table. Yes, 
that yes, that is really interesting, and putting those two together, absolutely. Well, Linda, I know we're coming down to our time. I'd love to talk to, talk with you more, but um, let me just again tell people where they can go to look into all of this that we've been talking about more. The, the website is storymonsters.com. The magazine is Story Monsters Inc. You'll see uh, information about the magazine uh, on the website as well. And um, you know whether you're a parent. Um, or a teacher or a librarian, this magazine will be very helpful, you know, especially these days with the economy. Um, if you don't have if you an unlimited budget to spend on children's books, um, if you read the magazine and, and know what to look for in quality in children's books, that will help you a lot as well. So, um, so thank you so much, Linda Radke. And I wish you a lot of continued success with your publishing, with the magazine, and so on, with your own books, and so on. Uh, where, where was your book when I was uh, trying to screen housekeepers <laughs> um, and nannies and all that? I, some of the stories I could tell you. <laughs> you know, I've written a couple books that help folks produce, promote, and market award-winning books on a budget. And I would like to leave one last thought. Yes. For those who want to contribute and support literacy and the gift of reading, we have a 501c3 called Story Monsters Book Bank. For every $39 you contribute, a Title I school will receive the gift of a one-year subscription to Story Monsters, Inc. magazine. Put that on. That's on my wish list, and please put it on yours. Oh, yes. I'm glad you mentioned that. I wanted to bring that up. Yes. And then also, depending upon how much you contribute, people can not only get the magazine, um, but they get books. And um, yes, obviously. And we have a Story Monster hashtag caught reading t-shirt and the plush reading buddy. Visit the site, like you said, and they'll learn about so much. (laughs) Yes, yes. Again, it's storymonsters.com. So, Linda, thank you so much. Uh, for coming and sharing. I'm sure there are, there are lots of, everybody has a book in them, really, and so many people are, are stuck in that state of just having it in them. So um, you provide an opportunity for a lot of people. So thank you. Uh, thank you, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 